What's up, guys? This is a crippler, Chris Lieben, and you're listening to Story of the Fight. Will, we're back to normal. We got video recording. That's good. We got, yeah. The only thing is that uh, no fights this weekend. No, nothing really to cover. I, I went to some local fights on Thursday. Uh, there's an exciting up-and-comer. You should look him up. Name is Landry Ward. Looks like the real mm-hmm. deal, man. Real deal. Um, That's his nickname? Landry the real deal Ward? No, actually. It's the Lone Star <laughs> Kid. LSK. Ooh, I yeah. like it. Yeah, and uh, man, I was shocked because he brought a crowd. Like, there was chanting going Ooh, on. LSK. L- Dude, it was, it was rocking over here. It was at uh, yeah. Billy, Bob- Billy Bob's in Fort Worth. Billy Bob's. An interesting very venue. Texas. Yep. And uh but yeah, Landry were phenomenal. Your boy Kevin Holland was there. Allegedly. Allegedly. Might have gotten in a little scuffle. Allegedly. Uh Landry Ward looks like he's out of Sanford MMA. That's uh sounds like the real deal to me. No, dude, and he looks really good, man. Uh talk about a like a lanky guy and he knows how to use his distance really, really well, and he looks really uh well rounded. Um Yeah. He, he just reminds me a, a lot of the, the younger fighters that are coming up that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily focused on one specific discipline, and they're just good everywhere, man. I, I've seen this kid yeah. on the ground. This is my third time watching him fight already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, whether Have it's... Have you seen uh, all of his pro fights? Yep, 3-0. Whether it's a submission game or not, you know, uh, his striking, like I said, he, he's the real deal. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see this kid uh, go big time here pretty soon. Nice. That's, That's exciting. So- only fights I got to watch this week, though. Yeah, allegedly. But it it was fun. Alle- yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. But uh, yeah, man. So I was thinking, in the spirit of our friend Rich the Casual. Mm-hmm. R- Rich, have you watched any more fights? I thought there were any fights this week. Oh, okay. Well, you know, YouTube or something, dude. You know. Like <laughs> you always go back, yeah. But in the spirit of our friend Richard Casual, I thought, why not put together the ultimate card? So next time that there's no fights in the weekend, we can give this to Richard Casual. Maybe any other uh, you know listeners that are just getting into MMA are like, well, what other fights should I watch to really mm-hmm. help me grow my love for mixed martial arts? So today yeah, I, I like thought it. we could uh, put together. The ultimate card. What do you think? Yeah, are we so are we putting together an ultimate card or are we each presenting a card? Well, you're presenting a card. That's your ultimate card. I'll give you what okay. my ultimate card is. And then from there, Rich the Casual can pick and choose which fights he might want he can to build watch. his own card. He can build his own card off of our cards, off of our ultimate or card. Or he can just watch both of our cards too. Why not? I mean, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's put, gonna be some some it might take him less time to watch our ultimate cards than it did for him to watch Lord of the Rings extended versions. It will. So why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, you want to get us started with the undercard? So I, we're each undercard, three fights. Yeah. Then the main cards, five fights. Okay. So we're doing three fight prelims, five fight main card. Yes, sir. Cool. Get us going. Okay. So, my entry 
and I dip your toe in the water on my prelims. It's a heavyweight bout just to Ooh. get just to just to catch some eyes. You know what I mean? You know, set the stage. Uh, and it's 2015, uh, a fight on UFC 187, Rumble Johnson versus Daniel Cormier, uh, Andre Arlovsky versus Travis Brown. Ooh. Do you remember okay. that one? I sure do. I definitely remember <laughs> that, was that one. one. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Well, it's pretty crazy, but it's not like you're going to get drawn into some crazy long fight with any stalling whatsoever. It's just two heavyweights swinging and banging and uh, just kind of showing you. It, 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 it shows you. especially you swinging and banging? Swinging and banging. All it takes is one. <laughs> Clicking you know and clacking. I mean? Heavyweight. Clicking and clacking, all it takes is one. You know what I mean? At heavyweight. So it just kind of sets the stage and says, get your attention. You know what I mean? Yep. Makes you, it's a perfect fight at the start for me because it's going to make you watch the rest of the card knowing that you have to watch every second. You know what I mean? Because mm. every second matters. Every punch lands. Mm. Matters. It just makes you focus, you know? Because if you turn like away it. and look at this fight, it's a different fight when you come back to it. So you have to just... Big loot, you know, that's going to hopefully carry through the rest of the card. I love that one. And it's crazy that you started off with the heavyweights. Because your boy started off with heavyweights over here as well. Swinging and Mine, clicking and clacking, dude, uh, (laughs) is uh, Nogueira versus Kotor. So this is an old school one, right? And for me, it's like, let me present you with a couple of legends in mixed mm-hmm. martial arts, some folks that had been doing it for a very long time, you know, and I, just like you, I say that I, I love watching heavyweight fights. Yeah. And this is, uh, there's just pins and needles, right? You're sitting at yeah. the edge of your seat because like you said, you know, any shot can, can end it. But the nice thing about this is we got Couture, who's a phenomenal wrestler. We have mm-hmm. Noguera, who's a jiu-jitsu practitioner. And you see heavy strikes going back and forth but then it's not just that the grappling as well yeah which was going back and forth so it's like a you know a little dabble of some <laughs> striking let me sprinkle in a little uh, grappling and it's yeah. just uh, a, a perfect recipe here for what was a really good heavyweight back and forth fight one of my favorite fights uh yeah for me of all time that i can remember two legends man two legends yeah so, i like your first one both start off with the heavyweights uh What's your second? Yeah, so, so I was, I was like, we talked about it, and this is going to be one of those things where, I mean, we had to pick what eight fights, which there's so many insane fights that are like required reading almost, you know, like you have to go back and watch if you never saw them. But so it's super hard to pick just eight fights, and I was trying to think like, am I trying to, am I trying to just show? my my eight greatest fights am i trying to show the evolution of the sport throughout the card as you watch it you this can was see hard huh how it's changed yeah i almost went that route and then the more i thought about it it's like if this is if the goal of this is to introduce somebody to the sport i feel like we have to set the stage of the sport first and then they can go back and watch the evolution and really appreciate some of the things now that they've seen these fights they can go back and appreciate. So, my next one. So, like I said, first one. Well, I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's so funny because I went through the same thought process last night, laying in yeah. bed, and I'm like, "Why am I taking this so seriously right now? I know, like, this is for the podcast. Dude. Like, I'm just like, like I'm trying to save mankind right now with my, <laughs> with 
with this fight card that we're putting together. This, <laughs> this yeah, sorry. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, so the next one, <clears throat> first one, heavyweight swinging and banging. You know what I mean? Clicking and clacking. Everybody, nobody, nobody's gonna dislike that. Everybody wants to see that. Yep. A lot of people. It's better now, but a long time or for a long time, once someone landed a takedown, people lost interest. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would be like, "Oh, I just want to see just bleed, you know, stand and bang, you know." But that's my dad. So, you know, he was super into boxing forever, so he mm-hmm. loves the striking aspect. And as soon as there's a takedown and you know it's a chess match on the ground, he gets up, goes gets a beer, or you know what I mean. Well, everybody can understand this. Yep. You know what I mean. Not everybody understands transitions and submission attempts and and things like that. So, Chris it, it took said a that. long time. What was that? It just that's what Chris Liebman said during the interview, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Better knuckle yeah. boxing, you know. Yep. So, I think that had a lot to do with it. Now people are are more aware of what's going on on the ground, so they're more able to appreciate it and things like that. So yeah, first fight, swinging and banging, clicking and clacking, heavyweights. Second one, <laughs> just to show you, hey, even when it does go to the ground, it's not just like. It's not boring when it goes to the ground. Husmar Paul Harris versus Alan Belcher. Ooh. 2012, UFC on Fox 3. I was going to say, you're going, versus Jim Miller. Yeah. you're going back. You're going back. Yeah, dude. Nate Diaz versus Jim Miller 3, third time on Fox. Um, to set the stage, Alan Belcher is just like, for some reason, he's just like an all-American fighter to me, you know? Just a jacked white dude, you know, with the Johnny Cash tattoo on his arm. Like... You know Jack I mean? White, not, dude. Not like you remember. Well, Jack White boy was the Brock Lesnar quote. Yeah, but, it was uh, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> Alan Belcher for me was always super fun to watch. You know, because he wasn't like an Anderson Silva style striker. He wasn't like a Damian Maya type jujitsu guy. Just, just a tough as nails fighter who was gonna put it on you uh, and could take punishment himself. So super exciting from him. And then Husmar Paul Harris was just absolutely dangerous. Like, so dangerous that he got cut, basically. Because what he would do is, he, you'd go to the ground, and his leg lock game was so insane that, like, you as soon as you go to the ground, that's what he's going towards. And most mm-hmm. of the time, he would get it. And it does not matter if you tap. It does not matter he if the ref is trying go. to pull him off of you. He will not let go. And for it's people like a who don't know, yeah, yeah, he's locked onto that leg. He claimed that he like didn't understand like why, like what, but <laughs> like come on, but like, <laughs> Dude, but come on. The, the, this why he was so scary is it's not like he's just choking people out. They pass out, they come back. He's taking people's knees and like tearing ligaments in people's knees, ending Limbs. careers. Yeah, yep. he's ending careers with that. Uh, he got cut from the UFC for not letting go of leg locks. So like this fight. Like I said, swinging and banging in the first fight. This fight is ultra dangerous ground fighting. And it's just, the commentary is one of my favorite fights for the commentary because Joe Rogan is so, like, involved and, like, it's just, oh, man, I fucking love this fight. It, it just shows you how, just because it goes to the ground doesn't mean it's, they're dead in the water and it's boring and they're resting. Like, this is a very active grappling fight and it's, it can, it can end at any second on the ground. Same thing with the, with the first fight, but flip-flop, you know what I mean? So yeah, okay. middleweight fight, Alan Belcher versus Husmar Paul Harris. That's my second fight. Nice. I have Mr. Gilbert Melendez versus Diego Sanchez. Just bleed. Just bleed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, man, I think about 
Gilbert Melendez and Diego Sanchez are just two guys that are, were always game. It didn't matter what was on the line. It didn't matter who was mm-hmm. fighting. You knew it was going to be an exciting fight. You wanted to tune in. Right? Yeah. Uh, Gilbert Melendez, around the end of his career, you know, was more susceptible Tapered to leg kicks. And yeah. But, man, when I saw this fight, and again, my dad's somebody that as soon as any grappling is involved, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'll go get a beer. I'll be right back. Let me know when they stand up, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is one of the fights that I was like, Dad, you got to watch this. Like, this yeah. is all you, my man. You know, because <laughs> biting down on their mouthpiece, swinging and banging, clicking and clacking. Dude, that might have to be our next shirt. Swinging know, and banging, swinging. <laughs> clicking and clacking in the back. But, yeah. uh, man, and, and just super back and forth, both game. And, and I'm going through and I'm thinking about what are some of my favorite fights that I've ever watched. And a lot of the, the fights that I remember that just really stand out include some of the same people, just with different matchups. Yeah. Yeah. You Dude, know, Diego Sanchez, Diego has Sanchez some is one of them. Yeah. You know, so. Like Guida versus Diego Sanchez was crazy. Like, yeah, he's had a lot. Yeah, so if, if uh, again, newer fans have a hard time understanding the submission, right? The, the, the ground game. Mm-hmm. So with the first fight I mentioned, you have a little mixture of both back and forth grappling. It wasn't lopsided. And with yeah. this one here, uh, it's a lot more of boxing that's in there, but just extremely high-paced power punches and just mm-hmm. ex- super fun to watch because they're both high energy yeah. from beginning to end. They they don't slow down. Actually, it starts picking up, like at the yeah. end of the second round and through the third the end round. Of the it's second insane. is, yeah, the end of the second gets gnarly, where you're just you like, know oh, all of a sudden this is, yeah. One of them gets dropped, the other one gets dropped, and you're like, what's gonna happen? I don't know, you know. Yeah, all the and way the through. So and the, yeah. <laughs> so that's also my... shout out. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's my second fight on my uh, my ultimate card. Yeah. Shout out to who? Who shout are you? Out... Shout out to. Gil, uh, Gilbert uh, Melendez, uh, I thought he's one of the he's one of the few uncrowned UFC champions. I thought he won the mm. belt against Benson Henderson, and it, I think his his career changed trajectory after losing that fight. But I think he was I think he won that fight. Uh, so I, shout out! Like I said, he's always one pack. of my favorite fighters to to watch too. So now we're going yeah. to the. Main the feature uh, prelim bout. Yeah, the feature prelim bout. So who who do you have for this one? Yeah, so we were talking about this, and we decided just UFC fights, no outside yeah. organizations. Not not on this no, one, at least. Not on this one, at least. So I thought, if I can't pick a pride fight, I'm picking a UFC pride fight. Ooh. And so this is... So now, the way I set this up, from in my head at least... First fight, heavyweight, swinging, banging, clicking, clacking. You know, you have to pay attention the whole time. You know that all it takes is one. Um, so that's that's on your mind. Then you watch Alan Belcher versus Husmar Paul Harris. You know the ground game isn't a rest period. It's still an active period mm-hmm. where things can definitely happen uh, that mm-hmm. are dangerous. So now you you can appreciate both sides of the game, gra- grappling and striking. And now that you know that it can switch on a flip. You watch two legends. In 2011, UFC 139, Dan Henderson versus Mauricio Shogun Hua. Uh, the first was... time they fought. They had never fought before in Pride, which is crazy. This is a light heavyweight bout. It, uh, I think it was one of the, if, if not the first, but one of the first 
uh, non-title fight, five-round fights, headlining a card is when they first started switching to, uh, if you were headlining a card, you get five rounds, um, regardless of if a belt was on the line. <clears throat> and this is Dan Henderson. I think at this point, he's already like 39 years old, maybe even older. Shogun. I don't know. He's 60 now, so. Yeah. Shogun is ageless. I think he's 29 in this fight, which is insane to me. And he's you still 29 be, now. Yeah, he's basically 29 now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this is... A, a lot of people consider this one of the greatest UFC fights of all time. And <clears throat> I think seeing the first two fights will make you appreciate what these, what these two fighters go through. Um, and this is, for me, when you really start to appreciate like the human aspect of the sport and like what humans are actually capable of overcoming and and achieving um and it's just a back and forth war that same thing with like the i don't want to say too much about it right because i don't want to spoil it but it's just uh a war of attrition and it just really shows you that two people can just put it all on the line and leave it all out there and just put on a fantastic fight and just not give up you know what i mean there's another name in uh mauricio shogun who uh who I, I think it was the Forrest Griffith versus uh, Hua fight, too, where yeah. I was just like, oh, man, that's another really good one. You know, there's just so many good fights, man. And again, you see these fighters that show up over and over again. Yeah, like I, like I was telling, I told you, I told Kevin, I just re- recently rewatched the 2005 Middleweight Grand Prix in Pride. Mm. And I was like, man, if aliens come down and want to, like, see what we're doing, you know, like, they want to learn about us, you show them the Beatles' White Album. <laughs> and you show him the 2005 Pride Grand Prix where Shogun fucking shows everybody what humanity is. You know what I mean? Shogun's a That legend, is man. hilarious. Fucking Pride never died, dude, you know? <laughs> the album and Pride 2005. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Um, that's a good pick, man. That's a really good pick. Uh, for me, uh, I was thinking about another one where let, let me give our new casual fans that are trying to learn more about the sport and love the sport, let me give Rich the Casual something <laughs> that he'll know about that's still fairly recent that mm-hmm. he could put names together and say, like, oh, I've watched them recently. I recognize that. Oh, I continue yeah. hearing them. You know what I mean? And for me, that was the uh, Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz dose. Yeah, I you almost right? put so, that in the same slot. <laughs> did you? Yeah, because it's not a non-title yeah. fight. Um. But still, two really popular names. I mean, two of the biggest names in the sport. It's argue- mm-hmm. uh, Connor's arguably the biggest name in combat sports right now. Nate Diaz, mm-hmm. no slouch when it comes to popularity. Um, and that, that first fight where uh, he chokes out Connor was somewhat of a surprise for some not folks. For not for you, right? And not to Nate. Yeah. Because he said he's not <laughs> surprised. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> You know, for, for Conor McGregor, th- this was... We, we could talk about the Eddie Alvarez fight and the performance that Conor McGregor put, uh, put in. And right now, the talk is, man, Conor McGregor took this loss so well. Nobody takes a loss like Conor McGregor. This is the first time I've seen him do this. After his loss with uh, Nathan, as he calls him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he took that loss very well, too, man. You know, mm-hmm. he, he knows how to take a loss. And he promised he was going to come back. He asked for this fight again. He asked for that 170 one more time, right? And they had that that rematch. Uh, don't don't give me that. The it was smirk. 155 without a weight cut. Let's be real. 
Well, yeah, yeah, but at 170 is what, what they came yeah. in at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, that was one of the fight, uh, smartest fights that Connor yeah. has had. Again, not the most impressive performance, if you see his performance mm-hmm. against Eddie Alvarez, but Connor not necessarily known for his kicks, mixing in the kicks because we know that Nathan uh, does not, <laughs> you know, respond does not block well. any kicks, does not <laughs> respond well to it, does not check any of them. Um, yeah. You know, and the way that he was able to avoid the takedown, he was not, you know, uh, sucked into a ground uh, battle, even though uh, Nate, there was a couple times where he got punched and he says that he let himself fall trying to, you know, yeah. coax uh, Connor into in. coming the in. Fabricio Verduma, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, Connor stayed back and again, uh, fought a very smart fight all the way to the end. Uh, mm-hmm. People that question Connor's car- uh, cardio. Uh, he showed that he has the ability to go the five rounds. Granted, he started getting a little tired, maybe around the uh, third and fourth rounds. Uh, and I think it would have been a very different fight had Connor actually, uh, you know, gra- grappled a little more or, you know, clinched more. Because when we saw he started clinching mm-hmm. with, with Nate, uh, you know, in the fifth round, uh, Nate was getting the better of him. But again, just shows yeah. that when needing this fight, very smart and you know, just stick to a specific game plan. He's able to do that. Yeah. And again, back and forth, excellent fight. And one where Richard Casual will be able to see those names and say, hey, I know those guys. Let me watch those guys go at it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, too, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's one of the things that you can, that you can, uh, you almost have to check the box to become like a great fighter, right? And that's the ability to like adapt and, um and change your game plan when you when you see things aren't going well and just the ability to change your pace and that's something that like you said after the first uh connor nate fight connor did pretty well as far as just changing his game and adapting to uh like like people say you win you win or you learn you know and great he's true to that he's true to that man so uh Mm. all right we're getting into the main yeah events here so the the main main card so my entry into the main card, I didn't want, I almost just picked like my favorite fights, you know, which a lot of them are just like crazy five round wars, you know, um, and at the same time, if you just watch like five, five round wars back to back to back to back, you know, like you're going to just start to, I think phase out a little bit and like not really appreciate it as much as as you would if it was just like i mean because those are unicorns you know those aren't just like they don't happen all the time so if you watch them back to back to back they kind of become normal and you're like okay yeah just this is the same thing as the last fight i just saw like you know what i mean so coming off of uh dan henderson versus shogun hua i wanted to uh like sprinkle in a couple more you know that are just kind of like palate cleansers after such a dog fight you know so, my entry into the main event is a lightweight fight. Um, okay. And from 2016, uh, McDonald versus Lineker, UFC Fight Night 91. And it's Lando Venata making his debut against Tony Ferguson. Because Ooh. Tony, going into this fight, he's got the win streak. He's like unbeaten, all this stuff. Or not unbeaten, but for a long time unbeaten. Um, looking like the big thing. Uh, probably should be champion, all this stuff, you know. Uh, but Connor's doing his thing, and um, Lando comes in to make his debut, 
against Tony. And going into this fight, it was like, okay, Tony's going to like wipe the floor with this dude. And then Lando comes in and enters the Matrix, and it's just a classic fight <laughs> with with great grappling, great striking. It's just a fast-paced, burst-of-energy type of fight that just kind of like... It's like a nice little uh, like release after watching the Shogun versus Dan Henderson war and just kind of seeing just like a crazy kind of bananas fight that's not not long and dragged out where you're going to be sitting around and, and checking your phone halfway through because there's a moment. And it's just a one, again, glues you to the screen and, and, and you're going to watch a crazy back and forth fight. Um, just chaos, pure chaos in that fight. <laughs> that's a fun chaos. one. That's a fun one, man. And uh, for me... Uh, what you said something earlier when you were talking about one of the fights where you're saying it's just a display of what the human body can endure, or what you know, yeah. w- w- the human can go through. Uh, and I think about my fight here that I picked, which is a uh, Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard too. Ah, oh, dude, this is my favorite fight of all time. I love this fight, and yeah, you know when you. Uh, when you read about Frankie and what he went through in that fight, and he says there was a ghost piloting me during this fight yeah. because, dude, it was just Clearly. insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Autopilot going through back and forth, uh, and it, it's also when I think about Gray Maynard and Frankie Edgar, it, it kind of makes me think of like the blue collar, like hardworking American, you know, like yeah. It, and so to see these two guys just absolutely go at it, leave everything out there. Uh, and for me, like I had always known about Frankie Edgar since I started watching, uh, the UFC, you know, he's been a big name for a while, but yeah. this is the one where I was just like, God dang, he's just, he's something special, man. I wrote you know, a paper this on was him at in the, high school. This was, uh, at the lightweight <laughs> division, right? Yeah. He was, he, he had the belt. Yeah. So w- when you think about his current when size clearly, right now. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, this was before lower weight class lightweight was as small as you could get frank yeager was not a lightweight absolutely not yeah absolutely not but man wait wait i think about what you said just somebody being able to push themselves to the limit mm-hmm. i i absolutely love this fight for that and yeah. a, like said, another one where there's a lot of time. uh slanging and banging clicking and clacking yep. i wonder how many times we're gonna say that on this uh I know. On this episode. <laughs> yeah. Richard Cashman should just put a little ticker on the bottom every time we say it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, for me, a must-watch for anybody that's mm-hmm. getting into mixed martial arts, following UFC, and just MMA in general. So, Yeah, especially because Frank Yeager is still doing it, man, and people need to put, put some fucking respect on that man's name. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and for anybody is... that's just coming in right now and saying, like, okay, this guy's the number 10 ranked uh, featherweight or you know like he's fighting next weekend yeah he he is but mm-hmm. to see what he's done up till now like it's not like he just dropped in the scene man this guy's been around also, and doing it at a very high level for a very long time i also again don't think he lost his his belt at lightweight which funnily enough is the same person who i thought gilbert beat for the belt but whatever it's no bias <laughs> but whatever i actually like that i like that guy but um and the that's funny that that's your fight because there's a moment in that fight in the second round mm-hmm. where it's 
gives me goosebumps every time I watch it, even though I know it's coming. Just because I just remember Goosies. the first time I watched that fight, and uh, there's like a turning point in that fight where you're just like, "How is a human being capable of this? It's insane." And a very similar thing happens in my next fight, which is old school. Super. Ooh. I didn't want to go too old school for some of these because, again, if we're just showing someone who's new, they're not going to understand the legends of, of the past, you know. But uh, 2005, UFC, two, uh, UFC 52, Liddell versus uh, Couture 2. Oh, okay. um, there was a championship fight. The welterweight championship fight was also that night. And it was Matt Hughes versus Frank Trigg 2, the rematch. Um, and this is one of my go-to. I've, I've showed this fight to people numerous times who don't watch the sport just to show them like this is something that even can happen in this sport um it's just uh like i said the turning point in the in the edgar versus maynard two fight the turning point in this fight is one of the most remarkable things i've ever seen and when it happens this was before huge arenas you know in the ufc this is not a huge i think it's at the hard rock you know it's not like a massive venue um but when the turning point happens in this fight, there the crowd noise, you can barely even hear the commentary. Like you can't it's so hard to hear what they're saying because and they're screaming because the crowd is just I mean, it must have been and you can see Dana running around like Dana's freaking out about how crazy this fight is. And I think it's I mean, up until like three or four years ago, he was still said this was his favorite fight of all time. But uh again, just just to show like what a human being is capable of and just again, another one where it forces you to say oh with these fights i have to pay attention at every second because anything can happen like people say that all the time but it really can't sometimes that gets put to the test and and people show up you know so matt hughes versus frank trigg 2 ufc 52 i love that one so uh, i told you well i started uh like a group on on facebook it's called MMA Talk, uh, well, MMA Talk Community by Story of the Fight Podcast. And on there, uh, a gentleman by the name of Chris Whitlow uh, mentions, you know, some of his favorite fights. And uh, his, one of the fights on there is Matt Hughes versus Frank Trick, too. Dude, so, uh, yeah. shout out shout over out to, to uh, Mr. Chris Whitlow, for sure. Uh, Socrates uh, was commenting on that as well. And uh, Socrates mentioned uh, Nick Diaz versus uh, Robbie Lawler, which was another uh, fun one. Uh, so a, a lot a of good one. stuff going that was, on. So if anybody wants yeah, to chat. Yeah, that was also very uh, close to around the same time. Was that on the same card? That was like UFC 51 maybe? The one right before that? Oh, I don't even remember. I don't remember. Exactly but it's around was, the same but, time. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Yeah. Uh, you know, but if anybody wants to talk fights, MMA talk community, by Story of the Fight on Facebook, join the group. Uh, so for me, uh, the next one is uh, a recent fight. Ooh. Yeah, pretty recent. As recent Ooh. as last year. And it's Ooh. a Wei Li versus Joanna Janjacek. Dude, yeah, I let me, absolutely let me, love that fight. Yeah, let me stop you right there because that's also my next fight. So you take the reins on this one. So we both picked for the, our third fight on the main card. Zhongwei Li. Okay. Versus, yeah. Well, this is my second fight. This is my second fight on the main card. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? But now still, we know what your third it. one is. Either way. Well, because what uh, are we going to do? Announce it like it's a, a fresh new fight and then 
No, no, no. <laughs> you know I, I, I get so it. Go for I get it. it. <laughs> With Joanna and Jacek and the history that she has of just being an absolute monster. And when we think about the folks that she had fought, and, and for the longest time they were thinking that Joanna is one of the best female fighters that we had ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely dominant in the strawweight division. You know, and I think about like what she did to uh, Carla Sparza, for example. Just oh, piecing her up. Next level striking. Yeah. Uh, for a woman champion, right? Dude, she was just mauling yeah. women back and forth. And then uh, here comes Zhang Wei Li, you know, with this power from China, man. <laughs> yeah. And I was really curious to see how this fight would go because we have the new champion, Yoana champion, coming in. I want to see what Yoana champion has left in the tank, and I want to see what uh, Zhang Wei Li is really all about. And yeah, boy, did the they deliver, right man. Boy, yeah, did they the deliver. Because Zhang wasn't necessarily trying to take Joanna down and, and, you know, trying to avoid the strike game. She fought Joanna in her own game, mm-hmm. which was just clicking and clacking, slanging yeah. and banging. And <laughs> dude, it, just uh, back and forth. And, and when it, there's some casual fans that are like, well, I don't really like watching the women fight. Yeah. And I would put this fight in front of them and tell them, dude, they throw down harder than most of the men that you see on a lot of yeah. these cards that you're watching. One put it out, all out on the line, left it all in the octagon. Uh, you know, and it's not like one was doing more damage than the other, man. None of them walked away from the sun's cave. You know? Uh, yeah, they're both pretty battered. Yeah, and it's not like it was just... Like, I, I think about the Gilbert Melendez fight and Diego Sanchez fight. It was fun to watch. I wouldn't say it was yeah. the most technical fight in the world. There's brawls and there's technical brawls. This one was a technical brawl, man. Yeah, really, really. I freaking love this fight. And again, something that I would want to put in front of a lot of newer fans to mixed martial arts and saying, hey, you have to make sure that you watch our women fighters as well because there's a lot of amazing women that do some amazing things out there. So, Yeah, so, yeah like I said, this is my next fight too. So... So my main card starts, right? It's Tony Ferguson versus Lando Venata. Crazy quick fight. Uh, Matt Hughes versus Frank Trigg 2. Crazy quick fight. Just to kind of cleanse the palate of the war of Shogun versus Hendo. And then you start this fight. And it's, like you said, it's just a back and forth, like, war. And and Joanna is so technical. Um, and a, a split decision, this one. So... I mean, it's not. Some people like, say Joanna got it. Some people say uh, Zong should have won it. I say Joanna got it, but whatever. I'm. All, I also might be biased there, to be honest. I, I was a huge. I still am a huge, huge Joanna fan. So, but like you said, um, there's still a lot of people who say that, like, oh, I usually skip the women's MMA fights, or oh, they don't really carry much power. Uh, there's no threat to finish. And then it's like, okay, look at Zhang Weili's last fight in, before this. Uh, knocked out Andrade, who is a tank someone that someone that pushed joanna yeah. five rounds and look at Andrade on punishment carolina kowalkovich karakovich yeah it dude and she then, dropped her too or chikagian <laughs> like dude or chikagian so yeah and and jean really took her out violently and then you look at, like you said joanna versus asparza or penne and like some of these other fighters where she just brutalizes them with just crazy vicious volume. volume yeah 
And dude, her striking is just, like I said, vicious as hell, man. Because she cuts these angles and is like in and out and just like scraping you up with these shots. So yeah, this and was, efficient, uh, very efficient. Very, yeah, yeah. No, doesn't really get tired. To, yeah, I, I love. Oh yeah, that too. No crazy loop, like you said. There's, mm. there's brawls, there's technical brawls, and this was a very technical fight, back and forth, um, and just shows. I mean, best female fight of all time, in my opinion. Um, and ooh. I mean, I don't think anything's even close. To be honest, this fight is, this fight is crazy. Um, one fight of the year by pretty much everybody. Um, also, including us. Yeah, probably in the top ten of greatest. I mean, definitely top fifteen, maybe top ten of greatest fights of all time. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, this fight just, should go down in the UFC Hall of Fame. Dude, Dana said they. Anytime it pops on, he ends up just being sidetracked. Just recently, there was a, he was in like fighter meetings or like in some meeting, an important meeting, and they had a TV in the corner. And it was like, fight, you know how Fight Pass just does like the constant yeah. like 24-7 fights? That fight came on, and he was, he's, he's like, dude, I found myself like just watching the fight and not even paying attention to the meeting. Like, it's That's just amazing. It's crazy. Um, so, yeah, this is where we're so, starting to get into some of the great Thinking fights. about that, how do you top that? That's crazy. So that was your number yeah. three. Let me tell you my number three. Yeah, yeah, you're up. Walter Way Bout, Robbie Lawler versus Rory McDonald, two. Uh-huh. <laughs> by, the, by the look of your face, this is coming up here pretty soon for you as well. Okay. So, uh, I mean, this is good because when, when we talk about like a, a rich to casual, and I'm sure right now in the background, he's writing down these names. He's taking notes. Super he's downloading excited. right now. He's downloading them right now, very legally, and trying to find a time to fit them between Return of the King and the Two Towers or whatever. And no, Uh, I can't even believe you just no. Okay, well, whatever. So, (laughs) so it's good because with these fights that we both seeing eye to eye on, uh, Mm -hmm. he might just forward to these fights first and then trickle down to the other fights that we're talking Mm -hmm. about. But uh, when we talk about a just bleed moment, yeah, there is. Uh, a moment that's just etched my brain for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember exactly what round it is, but you have Robbie Lawler's lips split wide open, just blood going down his face. You have Rory McDonald's nose busted, almost unrecognizable from the time he started the fight to right now. Smashed into his face. Smashed. And the round's over. And they're, even, dude, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. And they just don't go back to the corners and decided to stay there and stare each other down. Yeah. And I felt like this was like a mental war within the fight. Dude. Oh, it's not even God. It, dude, it's not even just that. At the end of that round, it's, it's kind of one of those turning point moments. Uh, and man, Rob, like, like you said, they're both busted up. And at the end of the round, Rory lands a clean combo. And. The round ends, and as it's ending, Robbie, with a split lip, blood all over his face, blood all over him, he turns to the side and spits. Basically, like, spits at that combo. Like, that's, that ain't shit on me. You know what I mean? And you can uh. see him spit, and it's just a spray of blood. <laughs> he just spits it and then stares him down, and they're standing, like, this close to each other while Big John is trying to, like, separate them. And they're just not moving. And it's like, dude, you got to go back to the corner. You guys are fucked up. Like, it's, If you're Big John... Man, if yeah. you're Big John, you're like, oh, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> I know. You know, like, <laughs> dude, it was just one of the most intense 
moments I can remember yeah. ever witnessing in any combat sports. Yeah, Robinello's got a few of those. I, I don't... Fuck. I don't, I, I don't yeah. want to give too much away from this fight other than that this is a must-watch for anybody yeah. that's just getting into mixed martial arts, into MMA, into UFC, into just... you got to watch this. It's an amazing yeah. fight. Uh, how about what's... how about this was the co-main? This is the co-main on the Conor Mendez card, and after oh, this was. fight, yeah, after this fight, it was like Conor's walking out, and at that point, I was just like, "Where do we go from what, here? What could we? Yeah, what could we ever watch? That's gonna like we like what are we doing? That was so a like, good fight was, too, though. And, and the Conor Mendez fight was great. It was but a good man, fight too. It's like, it's but like it was no. When they talk about like going up after like dave chappelle or like bill burr or something and they're just like oh. like <laughs> what do imagine I, being yeah. in the back and watching that fight and being like i gotta go do this like dude. in like 10 minutes I, i'm next <laughs> <laughs> fuck dude absolutely uh, crazy I, yeah. I i love that fight i love that fight all right so what's yeah. your uh, what's your co-main event yeah so yeah so my co-main is um a very similar fight um a very similar fight as far as like pacing and turning points and all this stuff. Uh, it's uh, UFC 236, Holloway versus Poirier 2, 2019, Israel Adesanya versus Kelvin Gasolin. Okay. Middleweight title. This is my co-main <laughs> event as well, so have at it. Yeah. Yeah. So same, a lot of the same things can be said for this fight. Um, going into this fight, Izzy, he's the champ. Um, and he's uh hasn't been tested once you know he's been knocked out in kickboxing and stuff but that's basically a different person for a lot of people so and as far as the ufc goes uh pretty much unscathed in his entire career at this point very reminiscent of anderson silva with the striking Mm -hmm. um fought anderson silva i think was it the fight before no not not before but a couple fights a little bit earlier yeah um, but just the way he picks his shots, he's almost untouchable. Uh, and when he does land, he lands with power. Uh, and it's like that deceptive power where he'll slip Precision. a shot and, and pop you. And it's just, yeah, you're done, right? The Derek Brunson fight was basically that. Yep. So you don't really know much about a fighter until they're put to the test. Uh, and that's one of the things I always look for in prospects, right? Is I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting and waiting for them to get checked to see how they respond, right? And Kelvin Gaslam has been a dog his entire career. Um, and uh, a wrestler who fell in love with his hands once he realized he had power, right? And yep. <clears throat> arguably should be fighting at welterweight, say all that stuff, right? Um, fights at middleweight, though. Becomes a contender. Fights for the belt. And, man, they just put it on each other. And it's one of those fights where it seems like it's going a very clear way at the beginning and then there's a turning point and you're like oh shit how is this person going to respond because we've never seen it and in that fifth round uh right before the round starts oh don't say it. i'm gonna get goosebumps again right now yeah it the camera every round the camera looks at one looks at the other then they start when it goes over to izzy you can see him say i'm ready to die in here or something to that extent and you fucking believe it based off the fight up until this point. And it's, there's some of these fights, some fights are even, you know, yeah. Some fights are even going into the last round. And those are exemplified in five round fights, right? It matters in three round fights, but man, when they have 
15 minutes already behind them or whatever, 20 minutes behind them already. There's five minutes left and they're both exhausted. Both have been tested physically, mentally. Uh, and at that point, it's even most likely. And then you get to see, all right, this one's for all the marbles. Who's going to go out there? And, and because at that point, it's not just about who's the most skilled. At that point, it's again, it comes down to human nature, all this stuff. So this fight is one of those fights that really showcases that. And it, and it, uh, I mean, it solidifies Israel Adesanya as as one of the all time great champions. You know what I mean? For me, at least, I agree Th- this 100%. is probably the best best middleweight fight, best middle title middleweight fight uh, of all time, most likely. Just crazy it, fight. It was just a straight test of will, right? And yeah. who who I, I wouldn't say who wanted more because man, Calvin Gaslam is an absolute dog. Mm-hmm. Israel Desanya, an absolute dog, and he proved that in this fight. And, you know, it makes me think about, like, one of my favorite boxers of all time, and a lot of people's favorite, is Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't remember exactly where, what interview it was in, but he talks about, you know, not necessarily considering himself to be, like, one of the greatest of all time in boxing. Yeah. And, God, who was it? So, so they asked him, well, what would it take for you to mm-hmm. consider yourself that? And he said, dying in there. Yeah. He goes, what do you mean? He's like, dying in that ring. And I was like, god damn it. And when he says that, like, he, straight face, mm-hmm. looking him straight in the eye, and he fucking meant it, man. Like, if yeah. I die in that ring, I'll be happy. Yeah. Like, I'll go there. And when Israel Desanya, like you said, says, Ooh. It, I think he says something like, it's okay, I'm ready to die, or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I, I just remember the feeling I got. When he That's said that, gnarly, dude. and I just look around like, did anybody else just read this guy's book right now? <laughs> Am I the only one that saw this because this dude's ready to die in there? And the way he went out there, he was. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and definitely. It, until until the last moment of that fight, it was anybody's fight. Hmm. So again, no spoilers. Richard Casual, got to go through and watch this. <laughs> But this is an absolute all-time one of the best fights ever yeah. in the history of mixed martial yeah. arts. So. And it's one of those things like the oh I'm ready to die in there. You know, like it sounds like such like like macho bullshit, you know, but like, dude, when you see the rounds leading up to that, there's no your ego isn't present anymore. You don't get to say some shit to like look cool. Like that's all gone. You know, you're stripped down at this point. This is like it's real as shit, man. Like that's that's one of those one of the greatest moments of yeah. of in UFC history, really. And um, it's 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 funny we talk about this because the last couple fights we just mentioned with Robbie mm-hmm. Lawler and uh, McDonald with the face face off in the middle of the octagon, just both bloodied up after that exchange. With Israel Desanya seeing what him and Gassim had gone up to to that uh, through that point to that point, and him saying that he's willing to die in there, like these yeah. are just small iconic moments that just you'll carry with you in your memory for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, same. And so am I moving on to my main event now? Let's do it. Main event. Or is, have you done your co-main? Our co-mains are the same. Uh, bo- both of us was, yeah, co- co-main okay. was the same. So mine is has been talked about already. My main event is Robbie Lawler versus McDonald too. Yeah, figured, uh, because that's the, the face you made when, when I said that, so. <laughs> yeah, so I won't spend too much time on it. Obviously, we talked about it already, but um, a couple other things with this fight. Robbie Lawler, at this point, at this point, there was 
hatred for lay and pray, right? We had just gone out, almost got just gotten out of the the era of the Greg Jacksons. Uh, we're not here to 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 put on exciting fights. We're here to win and defend belts and get the W by any means necessary. People were starting to really understand what judges look for in the fight. Uh, so people were getting takedowns and controlling, just like in guard, not really threatening with anything, just doing just enough to not get stood up and separated. And the first time that Robbie Lawler fought Rory McDonald, um, it was a very close fight. Um, and you could tell that, that was kind of Rory's game plan was the lay and pray, right? GSP had a ton of success success with it when he moved to Jackson's or was working with Jackson's in his career. And Rory obviously trained with GSP at TriStar. Uh, and a lot of people were pegging him as like the next George St. Pierre. Um, he was the George St. Pierre that trained MMA from the start, right? He was like the first of that kind of crop. Um, and that first fight, he tried it, you know? He was trying to lay and pray on Robbie and Robbie just, man, that guy's his willpower and just like his ability to just dig deep and just get people off of him and just put it on them in those moments. I mean, and he did that in that fight and he won that fight. And I was really nervous in that fight in the first one because of the decision. I thought, man, if Rory outpointed him with this lay and pray bullshit, I, I, I didn't like Rory at this point in his career. Um, he changed his tune, obviously. But at this point, I was rooting for Robbie so bad. And I was like, man, did he do enough? Did he do enough? And they gave it to him. I was like, damn, he skirted that one because, I mean, he did just enough, you know, to put it on him after the lay and pray. Then he fights Johnny Hendricks for the for the vacant belt. Johnny Hendricks wins. It was a crazy fight. Another one that people should watch. Um, crazy fight, a war. And then they fought again. They rematched, right? Johnny Hendricks had the belt. Robbie Lawler's challenging, um, I think, right? And uh, And in this fight... It was, it was a war in the first couple rounds. And then Johnny Hendricks was like, I'm a really good wrestler. What am I doing? And started trying to take Robbie down. And it got to the point where in the fifth round, and it's like, man, this looks like it's getting away. Like Johnny Hendricks is going to just control this guy to a decision and win this fight. And that's a shame. And at the end of that, that fight, it's one of my favorite sequences ever, is Johnny Hendricks, he would shoot in on the, on the double and bury his head in between the legs of Robbie. So Robbie couldn't hit him. Uh, he wasn't able to get him off of him. And the crowd's booing. Like it's, and Johnny Hendricks doesn't give a shit. He's getting sep- they're getting separated by the ref. He just immediately shoots again. And it's just like, man, you can see the frustration on Robbie. Just like, get the fuck off me. Like, let's fight, you know? And with like a minute left in that, in that round, Robbie drops to a knee and starts elbowing Johnny Hendricks in the side. And the crowd's cheering, right? Because they're like, finally, like some, something's happening. And you could tell it's hurting Hendrix. And you can hear Robbie Lawler over the crowd in the commentary screaming with every elbow that he's throwing. And it's not the bullshit people who are like, ha, ha. It's like, <laughs> he's like fucking putting everything in. It's like when uh, you watch like, uh, like Scherzer uh, or, like, uh, or like, a pit, like a high-level pitcher in the major league when they're throwing their fastball and you can hear them grunting every time they release the ball it's because they're putting everything that's not something they're trying to do you know it's just coming out of them because they're putting everything in their body you make a sound and that's robbie lawler in this moment and he's just screaming landing his elbows and then finally johnny Hendricks is like i gotta get the fuck out of here he bails on the takedown stand up and there's like 10 seconds left and robbie just fucking swarms he's like jumping at him throwing kicks to the body throwing punches and just and 
Henderson is just covering up, and you can see Robbie. You can hear him and see in his face. He's screaming. Like, it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so, so the reason I bring that up is because at this point, at that point, I was like, Robbie is immune to lay and pray. You know, people try and lay and pray. He fucking muscles them off of him and goes to war, you know, because he realizes yeah. I have to because on scorecards, I'm going to lose this fight. I have to try to put him out. Uh, and going into this fight, I was expecting a very similar game plan from Roy McDonald from the first fight because he almost got it. Um, I was expecting him to come in, shoot for takedowns, try and control Robbie, uh, and, and it was going to be one of those fights. And instead, they just dug down and they fucking went to war. And it's, it's probably top five, maybe top three greatest fights of all time for me. And uh, one of the few fights that can, that can go next after Israel versus Gasolum. Um, and it's just, like you said, we said a, a, a ton about it when you brought it up, but yeah, one of the craziest fights I've ever seen. Just the pure, raw, just bleed comes out and it's just fucking, <laughs> it's just crazy. You, you uh, won't get that, anything like this in any other sport, you know, you just nope. won't. Nope. Uh, that, that's a great pick, man. Great pick. Uh, for me, my main event was uh, John Jones versus uh, Alexander Gustafsson. Yeah, this almost right, made my uh, list too. I mean, when we talk uh, again about uh, a tactical brawl, yeah, this is it. Obviously, the first one, not the second one. Not the second one. The second yeah. one didn't go too good for Gustafsson. The first <laughs> one, though. Yeah. Uh, some people say that uh, Alexander Gustafsson won that one, you know, and then mm-hmm. it's it's a back and forth fight. But man, when we talk about the the crazy John Jones at that time, and if I remember correctly. This is where on his Instagram, the night before, at like 3 in the morning, yeah. he posted a picture of him and Steve Aoki partying it up at a club. <laughs> and this is the night before this championship bout against Gustafsson, right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to spoil it, but you know what? John Jones is still undefeated. The only loss he has on there is uh, the DQ. Bullshit. So, yeah. I guess you kind of know who already won that one. Uh, but... Uh, going into that fifth round, a lot of people felt very uh, similar to the Adesanya versus Gaslam, like it could go either way. And John mm-hmm. Jones showed... I mean, they call them the championship rounds for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's not just the fact that championship fights have those two additional rounds, but it's the fact <laughs> yeah. that champions are able to pull it off and show more will and just grit it out in these last, <laughs> last two rounds. I see yeah. what you did there. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, that fifth round, for me, solidified John Jones being one of the best mixed martial artists to ever do it. And, Will, you know I'm not the biggest John Jones fan. Yeah. You know, I know that there, there was recently a video of him, like, giving kids some fucking autographs or something like that in front of his house. Uh, for me, it was just super weird to see John Jones yeah. be the one to upload this on his page and then SportsCenter or look ESPN shares it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, look at me. I could be a nice guy. And then ESPN's like, you know what? You are a nice guy. Let me share it so everybody else sees you're a nice guy. So like, and then I, a week I, later, I, he's choking a stripper or something. <laughs> he doesn't choke strippers. He just shoots guns outside the club Alleg- after visiting the strippers. He choked oh, was it, He did? <laughs> Allegedly. Alleg- <laughs> Allegedly. So, yeah. but, is, the list is for, long. <laughs> there's, but there's no doubting just how good John Jones is inside the octagon. 
Yeah. And when I think about the fact that this is John Jones that had been up all night, probably coked out of his mind, probably did mm-hmm. a little molly, who knows? Yeah. Maybe a couple dick pills before. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I don't know. Did he have pico, picograms, you know, flowing through his veins? Maybe. But the back and forth again in this fight, technical brawl uh, between two light heavyweights mm-hmm. is just one of my favorite fights. And I continue hearing stories. I think Brandon Shaw tells a story about this fight because he was, uh, I guess he fought in this card or something like that. And he was in the back mm. and he sees uh, John Jones uh, in the stretcher going through the hallways yeah. and he's like, hey man, great fight. And that he could barely like hold his arm up to like give a thumbs up. You see yeah. the picture of Gustafsson and John Jones in Both the hospital. Yeah. And man, they just left it all in the octagon that night. And yeah. this is why for me, at this weight class, the power that they bring, and still mm-hmm. both of them move like they're middleweights. Uh, it was just one of the most beautiful displays of combat sports I had seen uh, like ever. So, uh, Yeah, it's also a, a lot of people say John Jones is the greatest of all time, right? And that's obviously debatable for, and it will always be, but mm-hmm. he, he is always one of the people that gets brought up in that conversation, right? It's, it's, there's basically like five people and he's always included. And this is probably his best performance. So if you want to see one of the all-time greats, if you want to see them in their best performance, you know, this is, you know, While he's like cooked out of his mind. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to watch Muhammad Ali, you're going to watch Sonny Liston, you know, so this is that fight, basically. This is his peak, you know. And if you think about it, Gustafsson ha- hasn't been the same since, man. We think about some fighters that have gone through some absolute wars and then are, are just kind of a shell of their former self. You know, you think mm-hmm. about JDS versus Cain Velasquez. I think about Gustafsson yeah. on this one here. And who knows, we might be talking about Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje a few fights down the road. Um, Justin Gaethje does man. that to people. Look at, like we were talking about earlier, <laughs> Rest in peace, James Vick. You know what I mean? He didn't die, but... Oh, my um, God. I mean, 9-2 and two fights Justin Ga- fights Ga- Gaethje. He's lost five in a row. He you takes know? your chin away. He takes yeah. your chin away. And your soul. So, yeah. Uh, yeah the, all these fights I listed, a lot of my favorite fights, fights I definitely point new fans towards so that they get a better understanding of just how exciting mixed martial arts is. Mm-hmm. Uh but they understand, oh, for them to understand, like just, like you said, what the human body is capable of, yeah. the spirit that a lot of these fighters carry, the stuff they go through. I, I just absolutely love the sport, man. I yeah, love you want to know, you want to know something kind of dumb? Yeah. <laughs> and like a little bit embarrassing, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to, <laughs> I used to, when I had my heavy bag at my dad's place, in the, yeah. we had it in the garage, right? I would, uh, I would put on, Jones versus Gustafson won and uh and just do five minute rounds just trying to do everything that John did just to kind of push yeah. that pace and that was like the benchmark for like how hard was that it was hard as fuck very hard yeah <laughs> very hard that's that's not embarrassing I thought you were gonna tell a better story uh well you know fuck no I want something embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah I used to do that last week <laughs> nah, I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> no, that that's awesome, man. And uh, so, uh, Rich Casual, do you think you'll be able to get some of these fights in here pretty soon? Yeah, I wonder if uh, I can find some of these videos and link them up in the show notes, or will we get arrested? 
uh, <laughs> uh, most probably, I don't think any of these are going to be like free anywhere, but I can yeah. share my, uh, my fight pass subscription. If you want to watch some of these, I don't think they really care about IPs on, on fight pass. Yeah. I watch. think I want to watch that, uh, Joanna and J check one. Joanna and J check. Yes. Yeah, you do. He's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, well. Uh, this was fun. Yeah, it, it, dude. This was hard. It was hard, but it was fun because it. Uh, we we live in the now all the time. Everything's about what's happening right now, right? So everybody's talking yeah. about Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier and the calf kick, and you know, uh, like I said, going online and just different Facebook uh, groups that I'm part of and conversations that I see. It's just all like Conor McGregor's the best. Habib sucks. No, Habib's mm-hmm. the best. He make Conor tap. And that's all these conversations are. It's like, dude, just appreciate what these two guys are doing. Yeah. Appreciate the stardom that Conor McGregor has brought to the sport. Appreciate the greatness who is Habib Nurmagomedov. Appreciate and go back and see some of these fights and appreciate, you know, what has gotten us to this point, man. Uh, so yeah, uh, for me, it was a lot of fun just thinking about those past fights. Yeah, it's it's also the sport is frustrating in the sense that I was telling Zach uh the my cadet that i work with um he doesn't really he listens to all these so shout out zach um but he doesn't like watch a ton of fights right um but i was telling him everybody it just goes it it just goes comes with the territory with sports right people watch sports Mm -hmm. they watch football they watch baseball somebody loses they talk shit about them for oh you see like dude they fucking suck the orioles fucking chris davis can't hit a home run anymore they give him all this money like they whatever it's just a game right so they can do that but that translates into mma also and it's so it pisses me off sometimes because like it's one thing to talk shit about a wide receiver who dropped a bunch of passes you know what i mean it's one thing to talk shit about um a baseball player who struck out four times in, in one night you know um it's different to talk shit about someone who got knocked out yep. you know what i mean and it's like dude they put it all on the line there's no that that wide receiver can say, "Oh, you know what? My fucking quarterback couldn't throw the throw the ball right. It's not my yeah. fault." My throwing the, it behind the, me in front of me, yeah. Yeah, the batter who struck out five times or four times, he can be like, "Dude, I was facing fucking Trevor Bauer. Like, what do you want from me?" You know what I mean? Or he can say, uh, there's, "There's all these distractions," but in in uh, in MMA, there's none of that. You know, it's all on you. You know, it's all on the person you're fighting. So. The fact that they get out there and they, I mean, they're wearing basically in their underwear in front of thousands of people on national TV. Connor versus Dustin was 1.7 million pay-per-view buys or something like that just on ESPN+. Plus. Wow. And that doesn't include the UK where they get it on BT Sport and all these other places. To put yourself that doesn't out in, there. Does that include the people that had to buy it twice because it wasn't working? It also doesn't include the people who may or may not have watched it illegally. So millions and millions of people are watching Allegedly. the fight live. Yeah, yep. allegedly, and uh, yeah, for people to just come out and and talk shit about, dude, why wasn't he checking the calf kicks? And I'm not even a huge Connor fan, right? Uh, I, I'm more so now that he's starting to come be back to the more respectful kind of self that he was. I mean, he always talked shit, but you could tell that the, underneath it was a level of respect. And then it kind of got away from him a little bit. Probably some outside influences in that, um, but it seems like he's on the right path for, for some, for me at least, to start becoming a fan again. Um, it's like the dude got knocked out in front of his wife, in front of millions of people, 
and people are gonna talk shit about how he already beat him once. How come he's not checking the calf? Like it's just like it just pisses me off, you know. So people, that that's the the one downside with the sport, unfortunately. But it is nice to talk and, about. And that's these because fights. a lot of these folks haven't gone through and watched all these fights that we have to really appreciate. Yeah, what has gotten us to this point and what it takes for these fighters to to get to that point, right? So, yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully, we're able to to help some lost souls out, Will. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to give a, shit uh, a shout out to uh, Jared Pretorius, who uh, Ooh, is now following cool, us. It is Jared Pretorius now following us uh, on uh, Instagram, also now a subscriber on the YouTube. So uh, shout out to Jared. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Comment. Yeah, also, that's sure. one of the things with this this th- with this type of video. It's like, I mean, you know how many fi- you know how many fights I wrote down that that didn't make the cut for some reasons but not because they were bad fights it's just because the the flow that i was trying to make with the card you know so like there's a lot of fights that weren't even talked about in this video that a lot of people are like how the fuck do you not include bigfoot silva versus mark hunt you know what i mean like there's so many fights that i would like to see people put in the comments you know like what fights we definitely should have included that we didn't or just like what are your go-to's to show people who don't watch the sport you know so Yep. There's so many. And we love it. We love interacting. Like every anytime anybody comments on either Instagram or or, or on YouTube, it's always just us going back and forth after that, right? So yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Well, do you have anything else? No. I don't have anything else either. So it was fun. Thanks everybody for listening to Story of the Fight.